Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. I do want to get into the Word of God, and uh, we are going to continue our series through the book of Psalms. We've titled that series, The Songbook of Jesus. Um, the Psalms were instrumental in shaping Jesus' spirituality, and in, in like manner, it should be influential in shaping ours as well. It gives us a clear idea of who God is, of, who, uh, of, of what he's done for us, and the God he wants to be to us. Jesus quoted from the Psalms more than any other book in the Old Testament. He quoted the Psalms when he preached. He quoted them when he taught. He quoted them when he was in private conversations. We see Jesus quoting from the Psalms when he was tempted and tested by the devil in the wilderness. He even quoted the Psalms when he was dying on the cross to pay for our sins. The Bible tells us that Roman soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross. And Matthew 27, 46 says, About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's a direct quotation from Psalm 22, and that's the psalm we're looking at today. Psalm 22 is attributed to King David. It's the cry of a human heart that's in anguish and looking to God for help in the midst of great suffering. And today we celebrate Palm Sunday. I, I can't think of a psalm more fitting for us to talk about than Psalm 22 as we think about the price that Christ paid for us 2,000 years ago when he died for us on the cross. And today, as we live through this worldwide pandemic and its awful effects, I can't think of a psalm more fitting to study today than Psalm 22 because Psalm 22 speaks to all of us who feel we're in a hopeless, helpless, anxious situation. It brings to all of us a divine message of hope and a promise for ultimate victory. And I don't know about you, I need a message of hope today in my life. Let's read Psalm 22 together. Let's get into this study. Let's not waste another moment. Psalm 22. For the director of music to the tune of The Doe of the Morning, and I bet John Trahan doesn't even know how that tune goes, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted you, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. 
roaring lions that tear their prey open, their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor Him. Revere Him, all you descendants of Israel, for He has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden His face from Him, but has listened to His cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise Him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before Him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and He rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before Him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive Posterity will serve Him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim His righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, He has done it. I love this psalm. It's so rich. There's so much to unpack. There's so much to learn. There's so much to glean. But our time is limited, so we're going to stay focused this morning. But let's pray first. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us to be here together. Father, we're not under the same roof, but we are covered by your wings wherever we are. We're safe and secure in your hands today. And I pray that wherever your people are this morning, whether it's here in Calera in a living room, or in Verbena in a kitchen, or in Montevallo in a bedroom, Wherever we are today, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would feel the connection that we enjoy through the Holy Spirit by the blood of Christ. And I pray today that your word would be preached clearly and well, that you would speak through me as a servant to bring a message of hope and encouragement to your people, wherever they are, whatever they're going through. Draw us close to your side. Speak life into our spirits, I pray. And we'll give you the glory and the praise, Jesus, as our minds and our hearts are focused on you. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I do want to try to simplify this message today for the sake of time. I wish we were here. I feel like the, this, the camera that I'm looking into is a soulless machine. I know there are souls beyond the machine, but I wish you were here so I could see your responses engage whether or not you're getting the message, but it's an important message that I believe the Lord's given me to give you today, and I want you to listen carefully to it, because I think it will help you, not only today, but in the days ahead. There are three things I want to point out to you today from Psalm 22. 
The first thing is this. Psalm 22 is a word of prophecy. It's a word of prophecy. If you're familiar with the crucifixion scenes in the Gospels, you can't help but read Psalm 22 and wonder to yourself, how did David, who lived over 1,000 years earlier than Jesus, who never saw a crucifixion and probably never imagined a death so cruel and violent, how did David describe the death of Christ on the cross so accurately? Inspired by the Holy Spirit, David prophetically describes everything about the death of Christ. Everything from the method of his death. We see that in, in verse 16. He describes the physical trauma that Christ endured. We see that in verses 14 and other verses. He describes the taunts of the crowd who watched him suffer. We see that in verses 7 and 8. He even describes the activity of the Roman soldiers as they waited for Christ to die in verse 18. It's almost like God put David in a time machine and transported him 1,000 years into the future to show him how Christ Jesus would suffer and die for the sins of the world. As I read that passage this week, it reminded me of this. The God we serve is the God of history. He is the God who is in control of human history. He is the God who is in control of everything because He's a sovereign God. It reminds me that everything in the world and everything in our lives works together according to His design and plan. Ephesians 1.11 says this, He makes everything work out. He makes everything work out according to His plan. God could show David what he planned to do a thousand years in the future, and God could show us what lies ahead of us too, because he has our future all planned out. He knows the end from the beginning, and God holds our future securely in his hands. Psalm 22 is a word of prophecy that reminds us that God is in control of everything. He is in control of these events that seem random and meaningless that are going on around us. God is sovereign and He is in control. And because God is sovereign and because He loves us, we can be certain that nothing will ever come into our lives that He doesn't either decree or permit. That means that no matter what we face in life, no matter what struggle we're going through, no matter how difficult it may appear, we can take comfort in the fact that God, our God, is in control and He is working everything out according to His good plan. Romans 8.28 says, And we know, do you know? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Trust Him. Trust Him. In the midst of all this craziness going around, trust Him. It's all going to work out. God gets the final say. The second thing I'd like you to see in Psalm 22 is this. It's an expression of human emotion. Psalm 22 is an expression of human emotion. In this psalm, as we read it, you see a, a, a display 
of the full range of our humanity and our emotions, we see the psalmist go from a pit of despair to enthusiastic praise and jubilation. We, we, we see him express the pain of rejection and abandonment, and then he expresses the joy of acceptance. We see him going from feeling like a worm to understanding the great value that God has placed on him and on us. You see, as Jesus hung on the cross, the suffering must have been more than any of us could imagine. Agonizing, paralyzing pain. Fighting for every breath. His bones were out of joint. His tongue was cleaving to the roof of his mouth from thirst. People were mocking him, and his friends were deserting him. You see, Jesus felt pain and rejection in ways we'll probably never know. And that ought to give us comfort today. That ought to give us comfort. It ought to give us comfort to realize that Christ has experienced all the same emotions that we go through. The full range from despair to jubilation. From rejection to acceptance. Isaiah 53 says this, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Hebrews 4.15 says, Jesus understands our weaknesses, for He faced all the same testings we do, yet He did not sin. No matter what we're suffering from, no matter how badly we're hurting today, no matter what we're going through today, we ought to take comfort in knowing that Jesus knows just how we feel. So when we approach Him with our pain, we know He understands us. When we tell God we feel abandoned by the world, and we even feel abandoned by Him, God gets it. God empathizes with us in our suffering, and He draws near to us in our distress. You see, God can take it when we express our disappointment and our frustration. He encourages us to come to Him with our pain and our sorrows. You see, one thing that hit me as I studied Psalm 22 today is this, that the thing God values most in our communication with Him, in our relationship with Him, is honesty. The thing God values most in our communication with Him is honesty. Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. God honors honesty in the relationship, in the communication that we have with Him. And here's why. Because honesty indicates trust at the deepest level. Honesty indicates a confidence that God loves us, that God cares about us. When we're honest with God, it lets God know we trust Him with our pain. We trust Him with our questions. We trust Him in our struggling. And if we can't be honest with God about those things, if we can't be honest with our feelings, about our feelings with God, who loves and cares about us more than anyone else, 
then who can we be honest with? My question for you today is, do you trust God enough to be honest with Him about your feelings? Do you trust God enough to be honest about what you're going through? Do you trust God enough to be honest about the struggle you're in? Well, Psalm 22 reminds us that we can and that we should trust Him with our feelings. So Psalm 22 is a word of prophecy that reminds us that God is sovereign and in control. And Psalm 22 is an expression of, of human emotion that reminds us that we can be honest when talking to God because He cares for us. But the third thing I want to point out about Psalm 22 is this. It's a message of hope. Psalm 22, above all else, is a message of hope. The psalm begins with David talking about how he feels abandoned by God. He lists the things that are stacked against him in life. He talks about the betrayal and the hurt and the disappointment of shattered expectations. But in verse 22, his perspective changes. His view changes. His perspective shifts from his problems and his pain, and David regains his focus on God and his majesty and his power and his promise. It's almost as if David's spirit was brought back to life again. You see, I think Jesus saw past the cross to the glory of his resurrection. Verse 22 and through 24 says this, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but listened to his cry for help. Look, you have two options when you find yourself in distress. You have two options when you find yourself in trouble. Trust God or lose hope. Believe in God and his love for you or believe that the universe is empty and your pain is meaningless. Keep walking it out with the help of the Lord or sit down and wait to die in defeat and self-pity. Two options. Trust God or lose hope. If you don't turn to God, who do you turn to when you're in distress? Some people turn to drugs and alcohol trying to alter their reality. Some people go from one meaningless relationship to another trying to cope with their pain. Some people move around from place to place thinking a change in scenery will fix the way they feel. But all they're really trying to do is avoid God. And when you avoid God, listen carefully, when you avoid God, you become friends with desperation and despair. Trust God. Trust God. Because there's hope in God. Hope is found in God. Yes, there will be valleys in this life. Yes, there will be places where everything feels dark and confused. But there is a God who will lead us safely through those valleys. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. 
For you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There is hope in God. Our hope today, CLF, listen to me. Our hope today is found in Christ Jesus and His finished work on the cross. Jesus said in John 16.33, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. You see, whatever this world can throw at us, death, disease, darkness, confusion, whatever this world can throw at us, Jesus has already overcome it for us. Now that doesn't take away the fact that we will face different kinds of troubles. A worldwide pandemic, sickness, death of a loved one, financial losses, political turmoil, troublesome, troublesome, troublesome times, let me say that, it's easy for you to say, troublesome times will still come. But troublesome times are not the final reality. Please hear what I'm, what I'm saying here. These troublesome times are not the final reality. The final reality is Jesus' victory over Satan, sin, and death. The final reality is the eternal life we now have in Christ Jesus by faith through grace. The final reality is that God is our good, loving, heavenly Father, and He loves us with an everlasting love, and He will not let us go. The final reality is that this world is not our home, but we're just passing through. The final reality is stated clearly for us in 1 John 2.17. This world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So, CLF family, listen. Put your hope in God today. Put your hope in God. In Christ, we have overcome. The situation may seem rather bleak today. You may feel as if the darkness is closing in on you and there's no way out of this mess. But I want you to remember this. God gets the final say. God gets the final say. And this is what He says. He says, trust me, confide in me, place your hope in me, walk with me, and I'll see you safely through. That's what God is saying to us today through this psalm.